Four out of five top Hollywood movie stars use moment, moment, moment of clarity. What's happening, everybody? It's your man, Stefan G. And you are tuned in to another eclectic episode of Moment of Clarity right here on the Promise Life Network. Oh, my goodness. It's been a couple of weeks. We, I guess you could say we were on spring break, something like that. I wish. Yeah. Kim's still on spring break. Yeah, apparently. Yeah, she's out taking care of some things. She's probably just out, you know, take, having a bubble bath with a glass of wine <laughs> saying, you know, oh, no, don't worry about me. I'll be there soon. And even if she's not, she's not here to defend herself. No, she's not. So it really doesn't (laughs) matter. We can make up anything we want. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Moment of clarity. And I'm excited about today's show because, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to talk about everybody's favorite subject today. I can't hold it in any longer. I've been trying my best not to allow this to bleed over into this show. Uh Uh-oh. And I finally, I don't want to, I didn't explode but I finally couldn't take it anymore. It's time to talk Trump, folks. It's time to talk Trump. Donald J. Trump. Is it J. Trump? Yes. Okay. Donald J. Trump running for president of the United States, and I cannot understand why. Do you know why, Mike? Why? Why, why do we have to deal with Donald Trump in a presidential race? Why am I exposed to this nonsense every day, all day long? You can't turn on the news without seeing him, without hearing about him, without somebody talking about him. Why, 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 why? It's funny because one of the biggest things you hear in the media is our people are trying to explain why. I heard someone call it a Trump-splanation. Oh, my God. I need, no, I need an explanation. I don't need a Trump-splanation because that will not make any sense to anyone. A Trump-splanation will be like, you know, we're going to do this because we're going to do it. And it's really good, and I'm going to be the best at doing it because it needs to get done. And let me tell you how I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it by doing it better than anybody's ever done it before because I'm the best at doing it because it really needs to get done. And, you know, a lot of people like me. People really like me. I go all around the world and people tell me how much they like me i have really important people who tell me that they like me and i've got friends oh no yes i've got friends i've got all kinds of friends everywhere i've got you know i'm really good friends with the blacks and i've got all (laughs) kinds of friends and you know they tell me all the time you know that the the debate we just had i'm told i won the debate even though it just ended eight seconds ago i'm told i won the debate the people that are important that like me they told me that i won the debate and i'm gonna do what nobody's ever done in this country before. Make sure it burns to the ground. That's what he's going to do. Like, I used to, and I have to, this is a moment where I must apologize. I must take a little bit of crow and chew slowly. Because I used to always get on conservatives when they would talk about how President Obama is going to destroy America, you know, and how... It's the crumbling fabric of a nation that we love so much. 
And I was like, what's with all the hyperbole, the extreme rhetoric, like really destroy America? Come on. Just admit that he has ideas that you don't like. No, Donald Trump is going to destroy America. It is the crumbling crumbling fabric of a nation that I love, and we are all going to (laughs) die and burn if this man becomes president. I I think that's a little hyperbole there, but... (laughs) It's so how I feel. Really? It, 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 See, I, I Well, you know what? I'll be honest. I'll be, okay, let me take some of the emotion of the Trump out of me. To be honest with you, I believe if Trump becomes president, I believe that some good things will happen, some bad things will happen, right? I believe it'll be most like any other presidential season and like any other four years, there's going to be a lot of stuff or there's going to be some things that happen that people like there's going to be a lot of stuff that happens that people don't like. I don't believe he'll be reelected for another four to four year term and it'll be over. I don't truly believe that the country is going to crumble. I don't truly believe that we're going to go to war because I just don't think I, first of all, I don't think they're going to let him make those kind of decisions because he's not equipped to make those kind of decisions. So I believe he'll go in and be one of those. What do you think I should do kind of presidents? You know what I mean? Well, at it, least I, I don't know. Well, that's the thing. I don't, really think he believes a lot of what he's saying i think it's all a lot of it's just to get attention i i don't I think he's thought, really like thought through a lot of this i used to think that i used to think that a lot of it was to get attention and now i'm starting to believe that he's drinking his own kool-aid a lot like he's really starting to think because he's got it's one of those people like you know because he's got all these people who are telling him his ideas are great, he's starting to believe that his ideas are great instead of just knowing, yeah, I just made that up to see if they'd bite. <laughs> yeah, know? well, the echo chamber, a lot of candidates fall into that. Yeah. It's, I just don't know what to do, man. I don't. But, and here's my biggest issue with the Trump. The uh, My biggest issue with Donald Trump is that nobody who supports him can logically, sequentially, and clearly explain to me why they think he's the person that should be president. They can tell me why he, they support him, but even the reasons for supporting him are, they, they don't make any sense. They're nonsensical, you know, because he tells it like it is. Really? Does he really tell it like it is? Or does he tell it like your racist, misogynistic, xenophobic heart has always been hoping somebody would agree with? You know what I mean? Like, there's a difference between telling it like it really is and telling it like a terrible person wishes you would say so that they can say it too. Well, and I think you hit the nail on the head with one thing. What's really scary about it to me is not even Trump himself. It's the supporters. Yes. It's the support of him. And I've told people all the time since this whole, you know, fiasco started. The what Donald Trump does is he makes the worst Americans feel comfortable in their horribleness. So he makes all of the racists feel like it's okay to say nigger and go back to Africa and, you know, you you know, sand monkey and all this other kind of stuff, right? He makes all of the the uh, anti-feminists, all the woman haters, you know, make they feel comfortable telling women to get barefoot and naked and, you know, in the kitchen and shut up and you're not allowed to talk and so on and so forth. On the morning show this morning, there was actually a woman who commented on the text line and said, 
Well, he just comes from a time where men would say women jokes like that yeah. all the time. And, 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 and because it's okay for them. They, and, it, and that's why you always hear Trump supporters railing against political correctness. To me, political correctness can be translated out to mean stop being an asshole, right? And so when you say I'm against political correctness, to me you're saying I'm against not being an asshole, <laughs> I'd much rather be an asshole. And it's crazy to me because I understand, you know, there's some things that we need to be able to say. And, you know, like we talked about in the show a couple of weeks ago, people have gotten sensitive and so on and so forth. But there are also some things that you don't say because it's just not right to say it. Well, it's like um, uh, Rubio said that in one of the debates. He's like, you know, I don't care about being politically correct. I care about being correct. correct. Exactly. He wants to be correct. And there's a there's a difference. But it's tr- the Trump supporters don't know the difference. They don't know the difference between being politically correct and just pandering to a specific segment of the population and actually saying something because it's the right thing to do. And what yep. baffles me beyond belief is the amount of proclaimed Christians who are following this man. Like, I cannot, for the life of me, understand how somebody who proclaims that they love Christ and attempt to follow the example that Christ gave us when he lived on earth would ever in their right mind be able to say, I support a man like this. Well, they have different priorities is really what it is. They've prioritized other things. You know, they're willing to look past the profanity and other things to put a wall on the border or to quote unquote, make America great again. I talked to a pastor about this this week. Is America, is America that bad right now? I mean, be well, honest. That's another question. Is America really so awful right now? Well, it it's interesting because I was reading an article about this, and he made the point that there's a lot of segments of the country that really are struggling. Right. And that's who Trump's reaching. Yes. And that's kind of, there, that's what a lot of people in you know New York and D.C. don't really understand, that there are still pockets of this country that really are struggling. But they're grabbing onto an idea yes. rather than reality. Exactly. That's what bothers me. And, and you're absolutely right. They're grabbing onto an idea. And, and the problem is they don't understand why they're struggling. They think they do, but they don't. Right. They think they're struggling because we're letting so many Mexicans and Muslims in the country. That's not the reason you're struggling. You know what I mean? They think we're struggling because there's a war on Islam when there shouldn't be, and there really isn't. But that's not the reason you're struggling. They think they're struggling because the, you know, the I don't even want to say liberal Democrats because Trump's just as liberal as anybody else, (laughs) you know? But they think they're struggling because the establishment, the government establishment has hoarded down on them, the little people, so on and so forth. But that's not really the real reason you're struggling. Now, there are aspects of all of those pieces. Yes, there is a problem in, a, in the world, not even in America, in the world with terrorism right now. Because to be honest with you, terrorism in America is relatively where it's always been, to be honest with you. 
I mean, yeah, we had a big one on 9-11 that was really big, and it kind of changed the landscape as far as what we look at. But as far as, you know, schools getting shot up and churches getting shot up and people blowing stuff up, it's right where it's always been. Kind of right. something happens every year and a half to two years, you know what I'm saying, that kind of jolts us back in places like, oh, we got to pay attention to this again. And then we pay attention for about six months, eight months, maybe nine, and then another nine months goes by and somebody else, you know, shoots up a school or something like we're like oh wait a minute we forgot we got to do this again and so it's not really changed all that much but they've got this concept that everyone that's not like them is out to destroy what the sanctity of this country is about can i say can i say one thing i agree with you and it seems you're really hitting a point that i think is really good we've become a country of extremes yes and I see that on both sides mm-hmm. because we have the Trump that it's like um, it's immigration that's destroying our country. And you're right. There's pieces of that, but that's not what's destroying the country. No, not at all. But then you have people on the other side that say the big banks are destroying the country. Right. And there's a little bit there, but it's we've taken it to these extremes. Yep. And you have like a normal person like a Rubio or something trying to be a moderating voice through yeah. it. And, and you can't do that. You anymore. can't. Right. This you year can. you can't. And, and, and it's part of where our country has come to. And you and I get front row experience on this because we work in radio. Right. Right. And so we have see people that walk through these doors every day or, you know, whenever they come through the doors, maybe not every day, but whenever they come through the doors and they come in as an intern or they come in as a phone screener or they come in as a go get me a coffee guy and they think within a month they should be on the radio in the morning time slot with their own show and a and 17 workers behind them Can I tell because you? they have an opinion. <laughs> yeah, we're definitely, everyone's an expert now and everyone deserves to have their voice heard by millions. Yeah, and it's crazy to me. And like, it's I've really been, changed a lot in, just in the past five to ten years. Yeah, it really, it really has. Because I think about it like I've been in radio for effectively 23 years now, right? Like it's a long, it's been a long time that I've been in radio. Right. I started in radio when I was 14 years old. So I've been in radio for about 23, 22 years, somewhere around there. And I'm still kind of maturing to the place of actually being the kind of person that somebody will want to listen to what they want, what they have to say. Right. And we've got all these people who just, they throw up a blog, you know, because it only take, cost you 10 bucks to start a website. So they throw up a website, they've got a blog, they spew out their opinion a hundred times a day, they social media it to death, they take half their paycheck and spend it on Facebook ads, and now they think they're an expert and everybody should be listening to what they have to say. And they haven't researched anything, and they don't know what they're talking about, and they don't know where the real threats are coming from, and they don't know what the real problem in America is, and they support Trump. <laughs> yep. I just don't understand. And it's not that I'm even like really against Donald Trump. Like, I think for who he is, there's a place for that. You know what I mean? Like, there's a place for Donald Trump in the conversation. But as far as him being the leader of the most powerful country in the entire world, in a universe where this is the only place that we know that life exists, nah, dog. Nah. He's not the one. He's just not. Moment of clarity, Stefan G. When we come back, I'm gonna tell you why I think Donald Trump is not the one. I'm not. I'm not just gonna tell you that he's not the one. I'm. I'm. I'm calming down off the rant. Let's talk real stuff here for a second. Let's give some serious reasons why supporting Donald Trump is the most idiotic thing anybody can do. And if you're listening to this and you support Donald Trump, 
go to the website, thestephong.com, click on the tab on the right side of the site that says leave a voicemail and tell me why I'm wrong. Tell me why I'm an idiot. Tell me why I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. Moment of Clarity, Stefan G. Be back in a bit. And the Lord spake, saying, Can you dig it? Still listening to your grandma's Christian radio? Trust me, we don't play that. We play this. Cause I believe in I, I believe in I, I believe in what good music. Yeah, solid for ghetto landscapes, panoramic. I greet my man with a handshake. This. This. If I could turn back the hands of time, I'd go back to 89 where I first learned to rhyme before committing crimes. And this. Trying to copy what computers do. Come on. That don't be nothing. Wasting your time. Playing the most hits. Most hits. Through your speakers. This is J97.5. Man, I've been fighting like it's no tomorrow Seeing my reflection, taking stabs at it Broken pieces of the mirror in my bathroom I'm crying for the Holy Spirit Moment of clarity, Stefan G And so we're talking about Trump I think I've calmed down just a little bit Just a little bit But I, I'm, I mean, I yeah, yeah. See, see, see I thought I had calmed down <laughs> Nope So we're talking about Trump and I want to go through why I believe that Trump would not make a good president. And I'm not just, oh, you need to hear why I think he would make a good president. Because most of y'all already know why he won't make a good president. But what I'm noticing is, and if there's any Trump supporters listening, like I said before, go to my website, go to thestephong.com, click on the tab on the right side of the site that says send a voicemail, and get on and tell me why I'm wrong. Because there's nothing that I've seen from Donald Trump, nothing that I've seen from Donald Trump that makes me think he would make a good president. That doesn't mean I've seen anything from Hillary Clinton that makes me think she would be a good president. Doesn't mean that I've seen a bunch of stuff from Bernie Sanders that makes me think he would be a good president. Doesn't mean I've seen a whole lot of stuff from Ted Cruz that makes me think he would be a good president. But there is nothing that I've seen from Donald Trump that makes me believe he would be a good leader of the United States of America. Can I can I tell you one thing really quick? I've just noticed this a lot of times, you know, when you talk to Trump supporters, they'll go straight into attacking another candidate. Yes, that's what they Hillary do. That's Hillary or all they Ted have. Cruz. They don't talk about the pros of him. That's cuz they don't have any. I know. They don't have any. Like literally, they do not have a list of benefits of Donald Trump being the president of the United States. And even things that they would like put on that to put on that list are not real, like the wall, right? Everybody who's a Trump supporter is so excited about this wall that will never happen. 
(laughs) It's not going to ever happen. I don't care how much you like it. I don't care how much you think it's a great idea. It's not ever, ever, ever going to happen. In no way, shape, or form is Donald Trump as president able to institute a law that requires a sovereign nation to pay for a, to construct an edifice that we deem necessary. It's just not possible. Oh, they're going to do it because we have a trade deficit. That's not how trade deficits work. <laughs> yeah, there, there's a lot of people misinformed about trade deficits, tr- I've noticed. The reason there's a trade deficit is because the, one country sells more goods or services to the other country than vice versa, right? Yep. So they are in a trade deficit with us because this one side is giving up more than the other side, period. That's all it is. Now, that money is not just sitting in a bank in Mexico somewhere. That's money that was paid to the businesses and services in Mexico. Independent businesses, independent service providers, small business owners who are the fabric of America, they just happen to be in Mexico. They just happen to be the fabric of Mexico. That's where that money is. There is no place for him to get that money to force them to build a wall. And, you know, can I say one thing, too, when he talks about the trade deficits with uh, China and Mexico, he's saying, well, we're going to add these tariffs. So if we don't get that stuff from China or Mexico, he's assuming that we'll just have it here. Yeah. And it's like you can't tell people, no, just because we're not getting it from there doesn't mean it's going to magically appear here. Listen, he said something at a rally one time, and I know what I said we're going to do. We're going to get into the list of reasons. But he said something at a rally one time where he said, we are going to force Apple to make iPhones in America. I, that might have... Yeah. Never going to happen. Yeah. Never going to happen. You will never find an iPhone made in America, ever. Ever. And does anyone realize how dangerous that is for a president of the United States to say they're going to force a company to do something like that? Yes. I don't think, I don't think Trump supporters realize how dangerous that is. I mean... They're supposed to be conservatives, and they believe Thank that. you. And that's one thing that bothers me, because, you know, you and I talk all the time about politics, Mike. So I've got my really liberal side, right? But at yes. the core, I've also got a conservative side where I'm like, okay, well, what? I'm open to the idea of saying, okay, what's the proper role of government in this area? You know, what? and then there's some things where I'm just like, yeah, I know it's not the proper role of government, but I really want it, so let's see if we can make it happen. But at the core, I still want to see what's the proper role of government in this whatever it is that we're talking about. And the proper role of government here is to force a company to make a product in America. Trust me, if Apple starts making iPhones in America, you'll never get another one. Because <laughs> yeah. you sure won't be able to afford it. You'll never get another iPhone for the rest of your life. You better be team Android because it ain't happening with Apple. <laughs> for real. And then he said, speaking of Apple, he said we should boycott Apple until they break into that San Bernardino's yep. terrorist iPhone. That's right. Could you imagine a president of the United States saying we should boycott boy- a company? But the funniest wow. part about the boycott was the day he called for the boycott, the people who were registering people to attend his event that <laughs> night yep. were using iPads. Yep. Way to stand behind your laurels, homie. Way to be a, you know, stand for something strong. And that's my biggest problem with Donald Trump is he doesn't stand for anything. He does not stand for anything. He hasn't said anything that makes any sense as to why he would be a good president. All he does is talk around the mountain. 
That's all he does. He talks around the mountain, just like a third grader, just like uh, somebody on the playground, like like they were. He was called out in that interview. We're going to play a little clip of that here in a minute. But just like somebody who's caught in a trap and doesn't know their way out, he talks around the mountain. Somebody asks him a question, and he talks around the mountain. He doesn't ever give a direct answer. It took forever for anybody to, for him to finally get to the point of how you going to build this wall. Mexico's going to pay for it. How are you going to get Mexico to pay for it? They just are. Really? That's the presidential answer? They just are? People eat it up. They eat it up all the time, man. They eat it up all the time. And like I said, I can't get one of them to tell me why they think he'd make a good president. I gotta, if, Tell me why you support him and you think he's a cool guy. Oh, he says the things that need to be said. Yeah, he says what you wish you could say out in public, but now you can't because we're not in the 50s anymore. I get it. Can I tell you, when I ask people why, most people tell me because he can't be bought. That's the thing. But he's been bought all his life. Yeah, I was thinking about that. I wonder, people assume he can't be bought. But he got rich somehow. What if he owes people favors? Yeah, exactly. Not only owes people favors, but he's been the person doing the buying. Exactly. His entire life. He he brags about how he's supported, you know, both sides of the aisle. He supported Republicans and he supported Democrats, no matter however it benefited him the best, right? So basically what he's saying to you is, whatever makes me the most money is what I'll do, regardless of how it affects this country. I'll support whoever's going to be on my side. And now you're going to have that person be your president and think they're not going to flip flop when something benefits them better. Come on, man. That's like the backbone of being bought. That's like the the starter pack. That's like the being bought starter pack. And I just don't get it. But he has issues. He has issues like he can't answer questions on foreign policy. He recently had an interview with the Washington Post where they asked him about ISIS because, you know, he wants to carpet bomb the entire Middle East. Let's just kill everybody in the entire Middle East, carpet bomb them all to death, and then we'll be safe. No, you big fat idiot. That's one of the reasons they're trying to kill us now because we've been bombing the Middle East for the better part of 45 years and they're kind of getting sick of it. And it's one of the reasons we have terrorism running rampant across this globe right now because the coalition of countries that is considered to be NATO has been bombing the Middle East for the better part of 45 years. So they're talking to him at the Washington Post and they ask him about ISIS. And this is how the conversation goes down. If you could uh, substantially reduce the risk of harm to ground troops, would you use a battlefield nuclear weapon to take out ISIS? I, I don't want to use, I don't want to start the process of nuclear. Remember, one thing that everybody has said, I'm a counterpuncher. Rubio hit me. Bush hit me. When I said low energy, he's a low energy individual. He hit me first. Spent, by the way, spent $18 million worth of negative ads on me. That's pitting, that's many. No, but this was about ISIS. You would not by use the way, can I do one thing? weapon against this, ISIS. This is a very good looking group of people. Could, could I just go around and go, so I know who the hell I'm talking sure, about? Really? That's what he did? That's what he did. So they asked him about ISIS, and he decided to talk about how Rubio hit him, and he called Jeb Bush low energy, and Jeb Bush spent $18 million in negative ads on him. By the way, he did it first, and, and people are just trying to come after him. And then the interviewer reiterates, but we're talking about ISIS. And Donald Trump's answer is, can I do something real quick? This is a good-looking group of people. Can I go around the room and be introduced to this group of people? That's your president. That's the guy you people want for president because he tells it like it is. Did he tell it like it is right then? 
Is that one of those tell it like it is moments? Is that one of those saying what the people have in their hearts moment? Is that one of those not being bought moments? Is that one of those businessman moments? Is that one of those, you know, success moments right there? One of the moments where he's just being a successful businessman who knows how to talk to the right people and get the right information, and he's going to have the smartest people on his side. In fact, they're so smart, he doesn't have a single answer to that question about ISIS. Do you want to put troops on the ground? There's a nuclear option in play. Basically, that's all he was asked. Couldn't answer it. I don't understand, Mike. And you know, it's funny when people call him out on that, he'll say, well, my unpredictability is my strong suit. No, it's not. (laughs) I don't want an unpredictable president. I need to know what my president's going to do. Like, (laughs) seriously. It's usually what you campaign to tell people what you're going to do. Like, seriously, for all of the problems and all of the uproar about Obama, at the end of the day, everybody who didn't like Obama and didn't appreciate his principles and whatever he wanted to do, they still knew what he was going to do. Like, when something came up, we knew what he was going to do. We knew he wasn't going to say radical Islam. He knew he was going to take a measured approach. We knew he was going to use drones. In the conversation, we knew what he was going to do. But we don't know what Trump's going to do. And I think that is the scariest part of a Trump presidency is we have no clue what happens if he gets in that office because he's not given anybody any indication of where he stands, where he actually stands. All we know is he hates women and he hates Muslims and he wants people to throw all the black people out of his rallies. That's all we know. But we have no idea where he actually stands on issues, period. And then... Another big problem I have with him, he's a little kid. He's like a big, fat kid. I guarantee you he was the kid that got bullied in school. I guarantee you he was the kid that got bullied in school. Because he can't, he's, like Rubio said, Donald Trump's never punched anybody in the face, ever. (laughs) And he's just a big, fat kid. And so he's talking to a conservative host in another interview. And he said something that he just said in this past interview with the Washington Post. They're talking to him about the thing that's going on with Ted Cruz and Ted Cruz's wife and the pictures that have been tweeted out and so on and so forth. And this is what Donald Trump had to say then. You don't want me to hold you accountable for 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 what your supporters are doing. Is Ted Cruz going to apologize for starting it and sending out that picture? And that's your stand. I thought it was very inappropriate. I didn't start it. He started it. If he didn't start it, it would have never happened. Nothing like this would have ever happened. But he started it. So, but I just remember. Remember, we're not. We're not on. You just said it's fine with. Okay, we're we're not on a playground. We're running for president of the United States. I agree with that a hundred percent. I don't think you do agree with it 100%. <laughs> I know you can't just say you agree with it when Because you your whole backbone of that argument was he started it. He started it. He hit me first. He said the same thing about Rubio and Bush in the interview with The Post. They started it. They, they came after me, so I came after them. I think he said it about Carson, too. Yeah. When Carson started doing better in the polls, he was asked, why are you going after Carson? Because he, he started it. Well, he said, yeah. He said, because he's doing better, so I have to. Yeah. He started it. He knew he started it. He didn't do it. He started it. Come on, folks. Is that really the person that you want to follow into the presidency? That he started it, guy? So when China tries to hack into our systems again and they're successful and we catch them, you know, within a couple of milliseconds of them hacking in and we get them out and everything's all better and he goes, well, they started it. Time to start a cyber war with China because they started it. Like, seriously. It doesn't make any sense to me. It doesn't make any sense how somebody 
can honestly, with their heart and soul, believe this man would make a good president. Take away the emotion of the aspect, okay? Take away the he says what I'm thinking. or No, I take that back. Take away the logic of the aspect. Take away the fact that he doesn't know anything about foreign policy. Take away the fact that his domestic policy is horrible. Take away the fact that he's really not that great on economics either. Take away the fact that, take all that away. Take all that away. And you want to elect somebody as a president because they speak to why you're mad. That doesn't make any sense. Because they can speak to your anger, you think they would make a good leader. That's just not, that's not us. That's not America. Yeah, I always go back to what Bobby Jindal said, Governor of Louisiana, way back when Trump first got into this, said, he said, I like the idea of Donald Trump. I like the idea of an outsider winning, a businessman winning, but Donald Trump is horrible for the country. Yes. He certainly is. Looking past the idea of him, when you actually get to know him, mm-hmm. he's not good. But they don't care. They can't get past the idea of him. Right. They can't get past the perception. The, the perception of an outsider, of somebody who's not in the establishment, of somebody who can't be bought, of somebody who's telling it like it is, of somebody who's not going to be politically correct, of somebody who's going to stop what they think is the reason that this country is crumbling. Because to be honest with you, the main reason most Trump supporters are supporting Trump is because they feel like this country has been taken away from them. Middle-aged white guys who used to make a lot of money doing stuff that America doesn't do anymore now feels like this country has been taken away from them. And Trump is their way of getting it back. Let me give you a real clear picture of America, ladies and gentlemen. We are not going to have assembly lines in this country anymore. Stop listening to politicians who tell you they are going to bring jobs back to America. Stop listening to politicians who are telling you that they're going to bring manufacturing jobs back to America. It is not going to happen. There are not going to be manufacturing jobs in America. Why? Because we can't afford to manufacture things in America. The labor cost is too high. The insurance cost is too high. The union costs are too high. The materials cost is too high. The cost of goods sold is too high. The, the machinery cost is too high. The distribution cost is too high. We can't do it. We are not going to build things in this country anymore. The only thing we're going to build in this country are super machines, machines that make machines. That's what we're going to build in America is machines that make other machines. We're not building microphones in America. We're not building TVs in America. We're not building radios. We're not building, we're barely building cars. And that's only because of an immense amount of government subsidy. We're only building green energy products because of an immense amount of government subsidy. America is not a manufacturing nation anymore. We have evolved past that. We have grown past that. When you're a kid, you do a lot of work with your hands. And as you're growing up, you get a job as a dishwasher. You get a job as a waiter. Then after a while, you get a job writing stuff down. You grow up a little bit more, and you have to type stuff and write stuff down and cha- and move paperwork and this, that, and the other thing. And then when you finally get to the top of the ladder, you get paid to think things up. CEOs are paid to make decisions. That's it. They're not paid to shuffle papers. They're not paid to fill out paperwork. 
They're not paid to enter any data. They're not paid to make sure that all the I's are dotted and the T's are crossed. CEOs are paid to make decisions and to think up new things, innovative things, new ways to solve problems. That's what they're paid for. And America is the CEO of this world. We are not here to build stuff anymore. We're here to think up ways to solve problems, innovative ways to cure cancer, innovative ways to make life easier, innovative ways to share information, innovative ways to cure diseases, innovative ways to advance the entire world. That's what America is. We don't wash dishes no more. We don't build machines anymore. Stop listening to that nonsense. Get your heads on right. Follow a candidate that is going to take you into the 21st and 22nd century. Stop following all these candidates that want to make America like it used to be. America used to really suck. I don't think people remember that. You have all these candidates like Donald Trump talk about making America great again. America used to be really racist. America really used to be really homophobic. America used to be really misogynistic. America used to be really xenophobic. America used to be really, America used to beat people down just because of the way they thought. America had terrible ideas on who should be bombed and who should not be bombed. America used to really, really stink. Unless you were a middle class white guy. Then America was pretty cool. Now I understand why you guys are following Trump so much. That's what you want America to be again. Get over it. It's not. It's not. The minorities are here and they're going to stay. The millennials are here and they're going to stay. And we're going to advance this nation beyond anything you've ever thought of in your life. So either get on board or get off the ship. Why don't you just go back to where you came from? Moment of Clarity, Stefan G. Catch you guys next week.